0: Hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suck Attack. The number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy. Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, My My Mark Hershaw Mark Hershaw. Mark Herschel. Mark Wow,
1: my goodness, what is this? Yes, this is Mark Hershon, And you are, once again, unless this is your first time, listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. Or the comedy earfruit, earfruit. You know, ever since my chat with Matt Gorley last episode, I've become a little obsessed with renaming the generic podcast with something. So what do you think of earfruit? Hmm? Yeah, right. Okay, so this is Succotash Epi 99, the penultimate episode of Season 1. That's right, Episode 100 will be the final show for our first season. But that's next time. This time, we have a hell of a show for you with not just one, but two interviews that I did when I was at the third annual L.A. Podcast Festival at the end of September. You'll hear my chat with Todd Glass of The Todd Glass Show and with Matt Knudsen from the Grabbing Lunch podcast, or Earfruit. I'll also be playing clips from both of their podcasts, plus clips from Picking Favorites, a new podcast on the new Wolf Pop Network, the Angry Old Man podcast, Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time, period podcast, and today we learned Podcast, which teaches us all a little something about the dumbest laws in the United States. We also have a double dose of our Burst O'Durst Durst segment with comedian Will Durst, a classic Henderson's Pants commercial, and a musical track from our associate producer Tyson Sainer that is featured on Combat Radio's first Christmas album, which is a great way to help out friend of Succotash, Ethan Detmeyer's Christmas event for homeless children's benefit. You can uh, order the album and find out more about the benefit by visiting our home site, SuccotashShow.com, and then just click on the album cover on the right-hand side of the page. If you're a comedy podcaster or just a regular old listener, there's still time to get us your happy 100th episode anniversary message for us to play on our 100th show. You can call one into the Succotash hotline at area code 818-921-7212 or just email us an MP3 or WAV file to MARC, that's mark, at com. Now, not to throw a challenge out there, but I just got a great 100th episode message in from the guys over at Illusionoid, and I've got to say that I really appreciate the extra effort that went into it. In fact, I'm going to play it for you, right now, just to inspire you, and then we'll play it again during episode 100. Check this out.
0: Illusionoid.
2: Sean celebrates 100 podcasts,
3: but in my time, his podcast is a blight, nearing 8 billion recordings. Stop! Make it stop!
0: Congratulations on 100 episodes of Suckatash, from your friends at Illusionoid. We look forward to hearing more from you in the future.
1: God, I love that. Thanks, Illusionoid guys. I'll be listening to that every night before I go to sleep. And other listeners, beat that if you dare. Oh, shoot, I don't want to get our sponsors mad at us. I almost forgot to tell you that this episode of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast, is not brought to you by Squarespace, Nature Box, Cards Against Humanity, Dollar Shave Club, Sherry's Berries, Stamps.com, Adam and Eve, Audible.com, or any other legitimate paying advertisers. That's right, our sole sponsor, Henderson's Pants, has yet to pay us a dime, which means we continue to operate through your kind donations, buying our merch, and clicking through to do your online shopping through the Amazon.com banner at the top of our Suck Dash home site. Honestly, though, our main sponsor, has been the wallet in my back pocket. And I'm surprised we've lasted this long. I'm really hoping to see some donation upticks as we head into Season 2 of Suckatash. And of course, if some paying sponsors would like to step up and kick in, we'll happily run your commercials and sing your praises. And now, I am officially shit-canning
0: the 10 most active shows in the Stitcher Top 100 Comedy Podcast League.
1: That's right. It's been two months since Stitcher has updated their top 100 comedy podcast list. Not sure what's going on over there. Heck, given the nature of technology, maybe it's my browser that's screwed up. But I'm not able to track podcasts through Stitcher's site these days. So, by hopping over to PodBay's site at podbay.fm. That's right. That's an app that you can uh, download podcasts through. Or EarFruit. If you like Uh, Here are their most recent Top 10 comedy podcasts According to the live iTunes rankings Podbay, by the way As I said, is a great podcast app They're on iOS and Android So be sure to check them out If you want a super duper podcasting experience At number one With special guest Lauren Lopkus At number two Psychobabble with Tyler Oakley At number three Welcome to Night Vale Number four has WTF with Mark Maron At number five, the Joe Rogan Experience. The podcast at the number six position is The Nerdist. At number seven, The Adam Carolla Show. At eight, How Did This Get Made? At nine, Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. And the top ten show over on podbay.fm, according to the live iTunes rankings, is not too deep with Grace Helbig. So I will keep my eyes on that top ten on podbay.fm. If it doesn't move around very much, I don't have much interest in using it, but if there are big enough shifts in those top shows, it might be fun to read those off. And who knows, maybe Stitcher will get their act together, and we can go back to doing
0: the ten most active shows in the Stitcher Top 100 Comedy Podcast League!
1: Our friends Dean Haglund and Phil Larness, esteemed hosts of the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour podcast, haven't gotten a mention of us on in their show for a couple of weeks. And we are chock full of chat and clips this week, so I did not have time to shave something else off their recent show. But I did want to give them a shout out, and you should check out their excellent show at chillpackhollywood.com, Blog Talk Radio, and iTunes. Now, as I mentioned, we've got a double dose of Burst this week, and here's the first one, in which our ambassador to the middle, Will Durst, chats us up about a lesser-observed holiday, America Recycles Day.
2: Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about California's favorite holiday, and I'm sure it's one of yours, talking about the secular one that each of us looks forward to every November, the one day a year that's dedicated to giving, not receiving, of course, we're talking about America Recycles Day on November 15th. Don't know about you, but in the Durst household, there's something magically comforting about the grand traditions that have built up over generations. Brown, blue, and green stockings hanging from every chimney mantle. The wacky ceremony surrounding cleaning out the liquor cabinet and pouring everything into the one big punch bowl. The dozens of landfill tire fires dotting the landscape. Sure, some kids today consider it dopey and old-fashioned... But Eloise and Madeline still squeal with delight cleaning out the compost bin so that it looks brand spanking new when Happy the Vulture drops off sustainable presents to reward all the good little boys and girls that separated their straws from their juice boxes and deposited them in the proper receptacles the previous year. Then after gathering around the dining room table that used to be a telephone wire spool and a socially responsible breakfast of locally sourced yolkless eggs, heritage pork belly, and organic greens, the whole family troops down to the annual recycling parade where participants dressed in green biodegradable bubble wrap ride on solar-powered floats and toss edible barks and mosses to the teeming crowds. Republicans love to portray Californians as a non-spiritual lot with as many gods as haircuts. But our one true unifying religion is recycling. And you can see our spirituality manifest itself once a week when we stagger out to the curb with our sacrificial offerings, trying to figure out what goes where. And just like normal religions, it's one that's based mostly on guilt. For Succotage, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst.
1: We'll have one more burst of durst toward the end of the show, but be sure you bookmark his home site, willdurst.com. And if you're a Twitterer, he's on there too, at Will Durst. Follow him, won't you? Just a reminder before we get into this episode's clippage and interviews that I review comedy podcasts regularly as a part of a crew for This Week in Comedy Podcasts, a column over on splitsider.com and then I reissue my chunk of those interv- uh, those reviews the next day on Huffington Post. This past week, I reviewed a couple of shows we're going to play in this very episode, Picking Favorites, new on the Wolf Pop Network, and Grabbing Lunch with Matt Knudson, who I'll be interviewing a little bit later. In the category of shows I'm also listening to this week are Affirmation Nation with Bob Duca, and The Bugle with John Oliver and Andy Zaltzman. Alright, what say we get all clippy? Last week, I reviewed one of Wolf Pop's new shows. Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all times, period, hosted by recent Succotash special guest W. Kamau Bell and Kevin Avery, a soon-to-be guest on this show. Both of these guys spent a lot of their formative funny years as San Francisco comedians, and then Kamau got his own show, Totally Biased, for a while on FX and FXX. Kevin was head writer on that show, and when it got canceled, he found a place on the writing staff on John Oliver's Last Week Tonight over on HBO. The two of them have decided to put together a podcast about one of their favorite people, Denzel Washington, just to let everyone know what a terrific actor they think he is. Here's a taste.
4: I really like Flight. I love it. Don Cheadle. Uh Don Cheadle is a it throws a weird anytime Don Cheadle is in a movie for me, it just ups it regardless of what the movie. Is. If like if you asked me, hey, uh, what'd you think of the movie Batman and Robin, and then you reminded me that if you said Don Cheadle was in it, I'd be like, oh, I think I really liked it when I I hated that movie. But Don Cheadle yeah. <laughs> always throws a wrench in it and like, oh, no, I think I liked it because Don Cheadle, you know, so Wait, was Don Cheadle in Batman and Robin. <laughs> no, God, no, no, okay, I was I totally was like, what did I don't? Oh, my God. Yeah. Let me make sure I for anybody I confuse. Uh Don Cheadle is amazing. And Batman and Robin is uh, the worst movie ever made. <laughs> period that'll be the next podcast I do after this one Batman and Robin is the worst movie ever made period okay all right and, and 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 Don Cheadle is not in it um yes so I but I kind of I like that movie but it really if I could have a seventh favorite Denzel watching the movie it would just be Denzel flies the plane upside down and it would just be that <laughs> 12 minute sequence over yeah. and over again um that sounds like some sort of like old school like
5: Negro spiritual Denzel flies the plane upside down. Ooh. Denzel flies the plane upside
4: down. Oh, oh, Sounds yeah. like something. Yeah. You'd hear in a Baptist church in the backwoods of Alabama. I like that. Um, okay. So I'm a Here's my amended list. Crimson Tide, American gangster, uh, inside man, which I'd forgotten about. I don't yeah. know how you forget that. Yeah. Uh, Spike Lee's
5: most Spike Lee's most successful movie. Uh, box office wise. Sorry, Spike.
4: My bad. Uh, out of Time. And I yeah. can't wait to talk about Out of Time. There's so much. Uh, out of yeah. Time is like. That's,
5: uh, out of Time is probably where we first really talked a lot about how great we thought Denzel was. It's a B movie, but it, that he totally puts on his
4: shoulders and elevates. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's amazing. Um, and then I, I have to include. It's so good. I just forgot how much I, I really enjoyed this movie. Malcolm X. Malcolm,
5: are you slow clapping? That's that's not me slow clapping. That's the that's the ghost of every dead black person. <laughs> Thank you, black okay, people. Like, Kevin Avery finally finally knows his history.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so good.
5: It's I mean, it's a it's a the thing about Malcolm X is that well, first of all, did you see it again recently, or did you just no. did you just
4: wake? You just woke up in the middle of the night screaming, welcome back. <laughs> I just, I, Delroy Lindo. You know, the thing, the thing about that movie that always makes me, reminds me how much I love it, is the scene where he and Spike are crossing the street in their zoot suits, and they're doing mm-hmm. that walk. And I just, I mean, that, that to me is, is so great. I love that moment in the movie where they're just, you can't tell them shit.
5: And it was responsible for the fact that for the next month after the movie came out, you walked around wearing a zoot suit. Uh,
4: Yes. I mean, only to church and to job interviews.
1: Kamau and Kevin are running down the films of Denzel alphabetically week by week on their home site, denzelwashington.wolfpop.com. And you can find them also on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, etc., etc., and etc. As we come up on the start of season two here at Succotash, I must tell you that we're upgrading the old logo. I've commissioned Paige Branson, the co-host of the Level 7 Access, a Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, to use her significant tuning talents and create a brand new logo for this show. This, of course, means anything with the soon-to-be old logo will become a treasured collectible. So get up onto the Succotashery through our home site at SuccotashShow.com, or if you would like to have a free piece of Succotash memorabilia, I still have some zipper pulls and magnetic buttons with that classic logo on it that I'm giving away. All it takes for you is to send a snail mail address to either zipper at SuckatashShow.com or button at succotashow.com, and I will cover the postage to get those items out to you. Just think of that. Yes, you can have a collectible just like that. I was glad I got a chance to sit with Todd Glass at this year's L.A. Podcast Festival. I know him a little bit from the L.A. comedy scene, and he's played in Northern California during the past couple of years. We actually got to hang out just before he started his podcast, The Todd Glass Show. Before I get to our chat, I wanted to play a little piece of a recent epi from his show, one featuring guest Patton Oswald. After the clip, we'll segue right into the interview. Here we go.
6: I'm having more fun doing this show. No bullshit. To George Carlin, this is better than life. Because in life, I can't ask everyone to turn off their cell phones. That is true. This is is better. I'm not, you know what I mean. I'm saying it. Kiddingly, but I mean it. Like this is the best thing I do, so other, you know, we gotta go. Where are you going? Why don't you tape that if it's so great? We, I got nowhere to go better than this, so I do a long show. What, what you really want to say is if you're doing a
7: podcast, where do you have to go? Right, where like you're, you're already doing the podcast. Right. I mean, clearly you've got a clear calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Just hang out. Do the
8: <laughs> Patton
6: Oswalt. <laughs> and, and I thought your name was Pat Oswald till I heard that jingle. Oh. <laughs> Swear okay. to God. Two George Garland.
7: Your own jingle guy had to set you straight. <laughs>
6: I know. I, well, I called him and said he got it wrong. I go, I hate to do this to you. He goes, Todd, I hate to do this to you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? Well, this is not odd. You know how long it took me to say uh, uh, Rory? Sc- I thought it was, who cares? <laughs> Rory Scove, I'm so fucking tired of hearing about it. <laughs> um. So let's let's give you let's play you in. Let's yes. do this right. Please. Okay. Can we Please. do this? Okay. Here we go. Uh, maybe I'll bring it through the house. Let's do it. Up. Oh. Oh. Big f- okay. Hold on. Uh, go ahead. Big
9: fan and young adult, rat tattooed and axe cop. Play him in now with this song. You know his weakness is strong. <laughs> Weird out Old video BoJack Horseman and Nature Calls King of Queens and Kitchen Sink Tragedy
6: plus comedy equals time The Todd Glass Show with Patton Oswalt Patton Oswalt With Patton Oswalt, hey. Patton Oswalt. Hey. With Patton Oswalt. The Todd Glass Show with Patton Oswald. That's me! Patton Oswald. That's me! Patton Oswald. Me. The Todd Glass Show with Patton
7: Oswald. It's me! With Pat Seriously, me! <laughs> For the third
6: time, me! Todd Glass Show with Patton Oswald. It's me! With Patton Oswald. Hello! Patton Oswald. Whee.
7: Let's go.
6: Oswald's here, everybody.
7: (laughs) Ah, 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 ah,
10: ah, ah.
6: (laughs) Take it home, AJ. I mean, big time. Highest note you can hit. Highest note. Here we go. I do it right. I'm boiling
7: hot right now. Wow. Got the mic so deep in that bell? What are you afraid no one's going to hear you? <laughs> Nothing but clams. Oh, I make'. Them. I it's go. Shame to be up in that Goddamn bandstand. <laughs> Asshole. Sorry, I just, you know what I'm talking about right? No, but I love it anyway. Does anyone hear what I'm doing? No. No oh, go. Buddy rich. Oh just going insane, lo- at his, um, yelling at his band members.
6: We by the way, but you still stumbled upon something great. Paul Those Anka. Paul well Buddy Rich might be a little mean. Paul Anka is there one where oh. he's yelling at the band? Yeah, that's i that's sinister. I think he's right though, believe it or not. Yeah. But I What does sinister mean?
7: I'm he cause, cause Buddy Rich is just hey. raging and letting it off. But Paul Anka is the guy's Get, get black shirt shirts they get shirts I am a hammer the, like, it, it's when so, I
6: slice I slice like a hammer I slice like a hammer. you want me to bring in a conductor <laughs> by the way I started to realize conductors are sca- the pe- they scare the shit out of people why would he say that you want a conductor you know yeah. they're like no don't bring in a conductor
1: have three
6: microphones well
1: I do this is a separate recorder and then I marry these two uh, tracks. This is my backup in case things go
6: horribly wrong. Uh, you know what? You make that mistake once, and you, if you're smart, you never make it again. Exactly.
1: Uh, you've been very kind. You've been in here in the podcast lab talking to a lot of different podcasts. Tonight. I know. This is- it's fun, though.
6: It's fun. Now, I just... Was, go
1: ahead. No, no,
2: go ahead. No, you go. No, no, I didn't want to cut you off. Go no, ahead. you
1: did The last time that uh, we saw each other Mill in Valley. person, it was in Mill Valley, and you were thinking about doing a podcast. Oh, you, my God. You hadn't pulled the trigger yet. You were thinking about doing it. Uh, we taught, We were we were actually uh, sitting... I think we were sitting at breakfast together at that hotel across from the Throckmorton, the Mill Valley Inn.
6: Yeah, uh, with the uh, the uh, what's the name yeah. of the The uh, well, it doesn't matter. But I love it. You have fireplaces in the room. Yes, it's very. It's very. It's a great weekend. Yeah. But, uh, Mark and then you get to hang out with Mark Pitta. and do bits. It doesn't exactly. Doesn't get better than that. God, that was a while ago. It was. Yeah, and obviously I started a podcast. And it's been doing quite well. It has been, and it's been great, and it brings out the type of people. That you want to come out to your show because they they really can't be confused of who you are because it's all you you know so it's as pure as your it's hopefully as pure as your stand-up should be so you can't really get an audience that doesn't know who you are because so the so the specific audience that it brings out is yeah. people that I really like
1: well that's you know cool.
6: it is good yeah, yeah that's why I love it um, does that know, make sense what I just said it does okay cool. it does.
1: Uh, <laughs> Suckatash, we uh, we clip other comedy podcasts and sort of let people know what's out there. And as the as the podcast ocean is getting bigger and bigger, we feel I I think we fit a, a, a fairly interesting niche for people to discover. So as soon as you uh, broke your podcast, we clipped it and put it out there so people would find it. Um, and uh, I also review for uh, SplitSider so I've covered your podcast a couple times. on You gave there. us a
6: nice review. Um, Am I right? I yes. Think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm a big fan of yours. Thank you. Um, what has the experience been like, though? Because, like I said, when we first met, you were thinking about doing one. You weren't sure what it was going to be format-wise or how you were going to do it or pull it off. So, how has the experience itself? Today?
6: Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I love to talk about this stuff, but then sometimes. But but, believe me. I'll get rid of the paranoia by just saying this. You know, like you know, like I'm always afraid it'll come off. So, like, well, the thing about podcasting. But I do love talking about it, you know, and breaking it down. So with that out of the way, uh, it's, I, I've said this before, but I think it really explains what podcasting is. So I steal the line a lot from myself. And that's podcasting, in one clean swoop, gave radio, because that's it, it's radio. Yes. It gave a radio the purity of stand-up.
1: That's a very interesting analogy. It really is.
6: I i, I think it is, too. And, and um, it it's it's just it's it's so of course it's going to be appealing there's no it's like that's why stand-up is if it's great it's great if it's, if it's bad it's bad so it just gave radio that that sort of that that ability to be pure and uh, you you know you edit you direct you start you know it's all you yes and um sometimes I think there were people in the beginning and I defended pod not that it needed defending but you know what I mean there were a lot of people that sort of they still do they like oh everyone's got their podcast And I want to go, and these are sometimes Mm stand-ups. And I said this before I had a podcast. Why do I mention that? Because it gives a little more legitimacy. Yeah, I could still say it with a podcast, and it's legitimate, but without a podcast, you're not defending yourself. Right. But when somebody goes, oh, everyone's got their podcast, I went, if you're not going to do one because everybody has one, well, then why don't you stop doing stand-up? Exactly. Can you imagine? Exactly. And use that same logic to go... What are you going to do? Imagine if someone wanted to do stand-up five years ago. And by the way, it's a good example. In the last five, six years, I think there's a shit ton of great new stand-ups. There really are. Stand-up's been around forever, but new stand-ups come along. They take a formula that's been around for a while, and you give it your own fresh spin. That's what a, being a good stand-up is. Can you imagine if stand-ups went, ah, I love stand-up, but what am I going to do? Give it my own little flair. <laughs> yes, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> So you're fantasized Doing a shitty stand-up you're, you're fantasized Doing a shitty podcast That'll be like yes. Everybody else's That's not what You should be fantasizing Exactly Same thing Like well, why would I do Stand-up comedy Just to do it Like everybody else Well I would hope That wouldn't be your goal Because yes If you're thinking About getting into stand-up And mimicking What everyone else does Well then I wouldn't Do stand-up Exactly But if you're thinking About I'm going to Start stand-up And slowly try to Find my voice And maybe it will be Like everyone else's Stand-up in the beginning But then I hope A year later It's more like my stand-up And two years later later, my stand-up is more like me. Ten years later, my stand-up continues to grow. So some podcasts, when they start, they might be like other podcasts. Who knows what they're going to grow into? So the whole idea of mocking it, it's so funny to me. It's just more about the person mocking it than it does about the... uh, The the, medium itself. Yeah, really. Well, those are the same people that when I remember, and I do remember this, when camera equipment became... Sort of for decent camera equipment, like 20 years ago, it sort of became affordable. Like, all of a sudden, you could get a really cool camera, and everyone was doing short films. Yeah. And I remember a comedian going, oh, everyone with their short films. You dumb fuck. <laughs> what would they do with their short films? Like, any of them are going to turn into anything. Uh, well, they have, Yeah, pile of fuck.
1: <laughs> so, it's just oh, funny can, to me. You can't say pile on my show. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah.
6: So, to answer your question, I think it's... It's also helped my stand-up, because there's, you know, obviously, performing in front of an audience, it's the best. Yeah, but it also can be, sometimes limit you, you, you if, if you learn, you, you can't, you can't, like, sometimes they're there, so if, if you think something's funny and you want to do it for ten more minutes, looking at 20 people in the audience that aren't enjoying it can make you, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll stop. But with a podcast, it's just you. Yes. It's just you, and you do it. We'll do a bit for 15 minutes sometimes, because we don't have to. There's no audience. Of course. And But that teaches you when you get emails or people that go, I know what it was like. I grew up listening to Howard Stern, and I would literally have to pull off the road. Not just figuratively, literally pull off the road and go, oh, my fucking God, I'm going to. And that's because they didn't have an audience maybe in front of them. But you, here's the thing, and you get best of both worlds. I try to take that now To the stand-up and oh, go, nice Yeah like come on Like do what you do On the podcast Just keep doing it If you yes. think it's funny Don't worry about The 30% of the audience That might not be into it Worry about the 70 That would be there Absolutely. For you yes. Yeah Yeah so it's really Helped my stand-up a lot And it's, it's really My favorite thing In the world to do You know I used to say Like it would be great If you could have a podcast That captured what comedians did mm-hmm. When they were hanging out Yeah But I said something A few weeks ago And I really mean it Podcasting is better than than the real world, even. Because, and the reason it is, when we do our podcast, when I hang out with my friends, let's say at my house, even people that aren't horrible on their cell phone, you know, some people are different levels of pulling their cell phone out, but even people that are pretty good at putting their cell phone away, they'll still pull it out. And, you know, look, And with a podcast, since it's sort of work, Yes. Everyone has to put their phones away. So you give 100% to being silly or doing bits. It's 3 hours of turning off the outside world. So it's you're not capturing what it's like to hang out with comedians. You're ca- you're getting something better. Yeah, that's a good point. You're getting something better. So that's why like when you do it, like every week when I do my podcast, I am I, I'm exhausted when I'm done and fucking as happy as I possibly could be. Yeah. I don't want it to end because, you know, I'm devoting. So sure. it's just, it's, it's the best a pure, thing in the yeah. world.
1: Uh, let me see if I can extrapolate something you're famous for, which is talking about how to set up a comedy room. I know you talk about this. I've heard you rant about it. Uh, somebody else who used to do this, actually was very good about it before he sort of lost his mind, was Kip Adada. Do you know what's so funny mention him? Kip Kip Adada taught me how to set the room in Seattle when I used to run the Comedy Underground.
6: Kip, it's so funny because I never met Kip Adada. He was, you know, even when I started, he was already, you know, pretty much been around for a long time. But the first club I ever, you're the only person that I think I've ever met that mentioned this. Uh, and this has to, a lot said about the first club that I started at because, and I will get into the Kipadana thing. A lot of times, what makes a bad club owner is what makes a bad stand up. Uh, you get comfortable in your ways, and you, you won't know, listen. You won't listen. You think, well, I've been doing it this way for 20 years. Now, I'm not saying that certain things as a stand up or a club owner you should hold on to. But someone said, whenever I suggest an idea to a comedy club, they go, Todd's always going to be right. And they told me that. And, you know, I didn't play that game where I went, oh, no, I'm not. And I said, you know why I'm always right? Because I'm continuing to learn. I used to open up a show a certain way with loud music. And I went to the Funny Bone in San Francisco, and I noticed that they, the punchline, the punchline, right? Yeah. They didn't make their, hey, turn off your cell phone announcement with loud music in the background. No music at all. All of a sudden, the house lights went down, and with the crisp, no music in the background, lady, and I go, oh, that's the way it should be done. I didn't give a fuck that I had been doing it another way for 15 years. They were right, and I stole that. You know, we're happy to have you steal it. So I'm constantly evolving and going, oh, that's a better way to start a show. That's a better way to start a show. So one night, we got into the comedy works. I was 17 years old, and Steve Young called us. He goes, come in early. We have to move the tables around. And I was like, why? He goes, well, Kip Adada right. said, now, no club should have tables of 10, but we did. Right. But anyway, they were right front in front of the stage. Kip goes, no, you put tables of four in front of the stage. Yes. Because couples are on their better behavior. Absolutely. And if you have to move a, a group out of a room, let them be oh, no. five he, rows he back. He taught me the same thing at the Underground. He also,
1: he calls me up. He's, he, I drop, I pick him up at the airport. He says, hey, can we stop by the club before you drop me at the condo? I go, yeah. So I said, what's up? He goes, let's just go take a look. Okay. so I, we. Stopped at the cloud I take him down. He goes, turn on the stage lights. Turn on the stage lights. Too bright, too bright. He goes, is God there? A- he goes, is there a hardware store around here? I said, yeah. He says, let's go over there. We go over. He pulls out a couple of salmon-colored floodlights and a blue floodlight. He goes, put these two on the end and the blue one in the middle. Because you had a
6: real simple lighting system. Yeah,
1: just a bar. It wasn't light even bars. where you
6: needed gels. You just needed yeah. spotlights. You would yeah. put in, and yeah. you had all white ones.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he goes, put these in. Uh, okay put those in. He taught me how to keep a piano from rolling on the stage.
6: Well, hold on, let me back up for one second. So, when he tells you to do this, and try to be, you know, yeah. honest is a real word, okay, insinuating I'm, By the way, lie.
1: I'm 22 years old at the time I'm running the club. Are
6: you annoyed a little? Not at all. You get that he's right.
1: I, I'm 22 years old running a comedy club for the first time, and the people that own the club are 800 miles away. I'm my own boss. Because you're, you're,
6: you're an oddity. Most people, most of the time, I would say... 70% well, of the you time, know, you they get someone that's, ah, oh, that's not the way yeah, we do it. Yeah, but you know
1: when you have a feeling something's wrong, but
6: you don't know what you it is? You don't know what it you is. you don't know how to fix it? Stage light's too bright. He was kept telling me how to fix it. Yeah. I always tell everyone, if you have no... I, you know what's so funny? Every time I, I I bring this up, I love talking about it. I always feel like I've talked about it enough, but not for me, for the listeners. Sure. Me, I can talk about it 100 more times. The cheapest way to do lights, if you have no money at all, um, is you know those clamp on lights you get at home before you squeeze them, they open up, let yeah. them go. They, if you get three of those and you put first of all you can put, you know 100-watt bulbs in there, yeah. and then you get a dimmer switch with an extension cord. You know, it's sure. $8. Yes. It's, a, it's a little essential. Because the problem with the with the bulbs, if anyone's even doing an open mic night, they're $8 each. If you have an open mic night, and you're listening to this, and you don't go buy two, even just two clamp-on mics, yes. they're $8 each. And then an extension cord, the extension cord that's long enough to go to plug it in, that doesn't have a dimmer switch. Then you buy another extension yeah. cord, it's like $8. That way, because otherwise you're, oh, 100 watts is too bright. I'll get 20 watts, too low. So you put 100 watts in and you put a dimmer. And you put a dimmer and Absolutely. you bring it to where you need it. Yeah. Like, dim, like, uh, like, uh, yeah, okay. Kip said, then you get a red bulb. That's why I say three, because you yeah. put a white, a yellow, and a red. Yes.
1: Yeah.
6: And then you plug it into a wall.
1: Yeah, and, and different comics need to be lit differently, too. Yes. They, they might wear bright clothes or dark clothes yeah. or whatever if you've got that dimmer switch.
6: And the audience should be in the dark. I can't believe how many times I go to a club. And by the way, if ten was the worst lighting, like an audience is lit up, ten is the worst. Yeah, yeah If it's a six, who cares? That's not what I would do. But I'm talking about when it's a ten, you're like... Do you see how fucking bright this audience is? Do you know that people—they will not laugh when they're they, lit. They won't, they won't laugh when they're lit. Exactly. And all exactly. this is non hocus pocus. Yeah, it it's it's real. Yeah. Oh, it's almost cathartic for me when I can when I go to a room and and there, in there. Yeah. you can tell they're just so nice and they're like whatever you want to do. Yeah. Oh, you can. I, I'll go in town a night early and I'll go to the open mic night just to see just the to show. see how it is. Just to see how it is. Yeah. And when I go into the booth, you can tell when the sound guys are real friendly. Like you, go, you can tell in a half a second. Oh, they're gonna do whatever I want. They're cool. And I go, can you just change it now for me? And we change it while the act, you know, when yeah. one act ends and the next act goes right. up, like it will the MC's up. And they bring them down, and all of a sudden, in one second, the audience is now pretty much yes, in the dark. They're
1: engaged and they're yeah. leaning forward.
6: Very exciting. Right?
1: Uh, Kip taught me because I opened up a room for John what about the Fox. piano thing so I, I opened up this room for John Fox up in Reno He had a, a room in Reno and Kip was one of the first acts up there and the piano was fine It was you know, they delivered a grand piano Just Kip has it in his rider he has to have a grand piano and they deliver it and he says well this is going to roll I said well it's got locks in the wheels he says I know it does but if I sit down at this thing and I'm moving it's going to roll and I'm going to have to fuck with it I said well what do we do he says well those chains they deliver with the thing there's a purpose for those, I go, what? He says, yeah. So there's these weird little chains that come with the piano. And he just takes it and he whips it around the wheel of the piano on the stage. And it wraps around itself. And it adds an extra lock on the piano wheel. All
6: those little, yeah. little like
1: things. So anyway, what I want to do is see if we could extrapolate your knowledge about staging for the podcaster. Because one of the things I harp on in my podcast is just this is an audio medium. And not enough people take pains to make sure it sounds good. That's all you got for a podcast is sound. You could be the funniest motherfucker in the world. But if you're over-modulating or there's a bunch of weird noise or whatever, people aren't going to listen. So let's take that knowledge of staging and say, what could podcasters do to make simple moves to make their podcast sound bad?
6: That's a good one. You would think I would have some input on there. I guess because I do it through Nerdist and they're... Have, you know they, t- they've yeah. troubleshooted it all the way sure. down the board I'm, I reap the benefits of them coming in and just doing it for me
1: sure but, but if you get on stage and the mic's too hot and the guy won't turn it down
6: what do you do there? oh I pull I pull, back. I pull back matter of fact that's a great tip that I learned from uh I forget what comedian. When the crowd used to be loud, I know we're going back to stand up real quick. That's fine. When the crowd used to be really loud, I would get louder and said, "No, no, no get lower, back, move the they mic, quiet down, they it quiet down, they lean
1: forward." It's, Absolutely, it's, it's
6: a fun little game to play. I really take that to the nth 3 I will low I will put the mic on the stool, and I'll project loud, but they they get really. Quiet. You know who
1: was great at that? Because he would just leave the mic and start wandering. His, uh, Franklin
6: is shy. They have to listen.
1: Franklin would just start wandering the stage, and people would what?
6: There was a comedian by the name. He still is a comedian, Chris Fonseca, uh-huh. and because he Crazy had cerebral legs. palsy, right? Crazy Legs, Chris Fonseca, because he had cerebral palsy, and yeah, to listen, and he middled when I was working in uh, Dallas. This is like a long time ago, and it took me about three shows. Me and the other comedian, me and the other door guy, were going. You know why they're so attentive? Because they learned that with Chris, they have to listen. You know, he's very funny, but you have to listen. because you know. And then I noticed that's what got turned over to me, this great audience that had been trained indirectly to listen. Yeah. And man, that I fucking love it. And it spoiled me. It was noticeable every single night I got handed an audience that just was impeccable. Isn't that interesting? It was very interesting. And I didn't point it out. I and to, the door guy pointed at it. He goes, "You know why?" I go, "Shit! How did I not notice that?" He goes, "That's why they've been so good." But um, but uh, how are you for time? It's ten to nine. Probably close, only. Because, and believe me, this is my favorite conversation in the world to have. You know what? Even every little thing bothers me. I feel like even when I go to an like if I go here. And by the way, this festival, it's I'm in my head I'm in heaven. But even when I go to see a room and it's hot. And I go, why is the door shut? You have to weigh the damage yes. of the heat versus because the, the damage from the of some outside noise yes. in. Right. If, 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 if it's, it's, but it's, and it's worth it. And it's a Home Depot. Like, I'm going to Home Depot tomorrow to buy a fan. I'm not talking about a little box fan. I'm talking about, you know, one of those fans that's like $59. It's a circle fan, but it wafts air like the only way I know to say it like a motherfucker. You turn that thing on, and it is not just moving a little bit of air. It's like, wow, put it outside in the hallway and waft that cool air into the room. When I see that $60 away from changing a complete show, so tomorrow for my podcast, in case it's hot, I'm going to show up with a fan. I already know where I'll put it. Start walking that air into the room. You know, the little things like that. But what you said—it wasn't the fuck what I just said about the fan. The thing that you said that was amazing—that that, you—that you already knew. You finished my sentence. Yeah. Because you knew, you knew what said. Oh, we can't let the noise in from outside. Yes, you're right. But it depends what you're weighing exactly. it against. Exactly. You're weighing it against letting a little outside noise in. And again, it can't be trucks driving by. No. But yeah, it's worth letting some a little outside noise in. So people are comfortable. So people can be comfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean.
1: I I used to run the comedy club, and when I would make it as like a TV studio, and people would come in. It's freezing. I, yeah. I said, when this room fills up with people, yeah. it ain't going to be freezing, and no. it's, it, it'll be still not the right temperature. It will still have to be
6: colder. Right. Unless it. you... And by the way, I don't know. I hope this is important. But unless you have like a brand new building where you can put the air on as they come in. But when you're dealing with an older air you conditioner... You've got
1: to cool the place down.
6: The owner of this club I used to work, it was always great. He'd come in, he'd be like... We'd, we'd go, it's... If, if a room before there's people in it is, not, is comfortable,
1: it's going to suck.
6: That's the, it's going to suck. It should be bitter cold yep. And then And he goes Basically he used to Always make the joke Is you know what We're about to bring in here You know what we have We have uh, literally 300 uh, space heaters We're bringing in <laughs> No we're going to Bring us. them in One space heater We're bringing in Space heaters So so if we have 300 space heaters In a room And you're telling me The room's comfortable now Comfortable isn't good You know what's good When the room's Too fucking cold If we don't get Used to say 5, six, ten people Saying it's too cold Things are not Going to go well tonight
1: That's right That's absolutely right yeah. It's an interesting dynamic, the whole thing. And there's so many people that
6: just don't, don't have a get, clue about it. Yeah, they don't get it, and it's so easy to get. I, you know, I remember Daniel Tosh said that to me once, and it's sort of what, what I always talk about, but he just said it in a different way. He goes, and we're not talking about different ways to run a club. We're not going, oh, that green room should be blue, or they should have... Re-. No, we're talking about when it goes bad, it goes really bad. He goes, it's amazing how simple it is to do, and how many clubs fucking you know yeah so simple Because when the clubs that get it, get it, it proves it's gettable. Absolutely. And it's doable. And what the fuck don't the other ones get? I don't get it. And why do I say it all the time? And why am I happy to talk about it with you? I know why. Because I'm hoping that somebody listening runs a club or an open mic night and they heard what I said. And you know what? It's not enough. I still, people go, I love your podcast. Or they say, I heard you on there. And they go, well, you do my open mic night. I'm in New York. Now, sometimes I get there and I want to hug them because... You know, you get it. They get it. They did. They do listen, yes. and they put up a cheap little backdrop, and they bought those twenty-five dollars worth of clamp-on lights. And I want to hug them. Sometimes I get there, and I go, "How the?" F-? In my head, I never outwardly say it. Sure. How the fuck do you tell me you listen to my podcast and bring me to this fucking shithole? <laughs> and I, and I don't mean shithole because the room's shitty. No. I mean because you could you could, because the places where I hug them, I literally hug them because they spent. $40. It's not like I'm going, you know, for $1,000 you can make this room great. Well, they don't have $1,000. That's but right. But for $40. Yeah. And when it's done, it proves it's doable, and I want to hug them. But sometimes I think, how do you listen to my... You've heard me go off on a rant and you I did a show at Cantor's here.
1: They don't see themselves. They don't... They don't... It's, it's the same reason people laugh at jokes about, like... Stupid things that people do—they never see themselves as the stupid people.
6: Yeah, they must not. And I think I'm, I'm not—I'm not brilliant. Like, well, we don't know where to have the clamp on light. There's nowhere on the ceiling. I go, literally take a screw—a screw. A screw screw it in but leave it an inch out and then clamp the light onto that screw and I guarantee you that place that has comedy night will let you put a screw in the ceiling Yeah. and then you take the clamp on light down with literally a screw, you can just clamp a light on the screw put one screw there, one screw there leave it a little bit out more than usual clamp a light on, clamp a light on run the wire with some tape if you yeah. have to over to the wall you hey, know, you're done. Anyway, you're done. You tricked me into talking about it. Well, no, like I said, well, I, did. I I, I wanted to see if
1: we could kind of get get it to this discussion of well, how we wanted
6: how, to get into the podcasting, how to, how
1: to podcast, maybe there isn't a solution yet. Uh, so it's an interesting discussion. You know, we
6: hear it. You know, I think to fix it, like if you hear a podcast that sounds good and you go, yours doesn't. People love... You would think people wouldn't share it with you. They'd be like, no, they don't want to tell you how to... They'll make- share it in two seconds. Exactly! Two seconds. If you go to anybody and go, hey, I listen to your podcast and it sounds really good, what do you do? They'll sit down and talk to you for two hours about it. Yeah. So just ask questions. Well, that's people-
1: why people will spend hundreds of dollars on equipment, which is great if you've got it. I mean, look at my setup here, for God's sake. I've got an iPad, an iPhone. These microphones cost $40 a piece, And there's all this room noise, so it's probably going to sound pretty crappy. But if I use Audacity, which is a program, and I pull the room noise down and I boost the sound coming
6: out of these microphones, I
1: add a little bit of
6: bass, I yeah. can make
1: this thing sound pretty decent. Yeah.
6: And there and there is something about the fact in this situation. In this situation, it's it is. Very it's Yeah, you want to hear
1: that that sound.
6: It's exciting. That live hear,
1: mic idea. Yeah. But the what happens is people use it as a stumbling block for creating a podcast. They go, I can't afford the equipment or I don't know how to use the technology. Well, now with YouTube, you can learn how to use any technology. People, there was a tutorial how to use everything.
6: Yeah, you just got to, yeah. And then, uh, it's, it's great. I love going to the cities. I can't do every podcast, but I love doing them and I always try to like, now, you know what I always say? If, you, if you'll do it in my hotel room, I would love to do it. Yeah. I love uh, finishing a show up, like in Washington, D.C., and then and they'll come back to the hotel room, and we'll just do it in the hotel room at 11 o'clock at night, have some beers, and sit around and do a podcast. What else? What else? Yeah, what else in I Mill
1: Valley, do? I'll often do it at, uh, you know, the uh, that D'Angelo's restaurant around the corner. Yeah, yeah, So there is that room noise. There's people dining and whatnot, Yeah. And it, it actually sounds kind of cool. It's, it's like fun. an after-hours kind of thing. Anyway, Todd, thank you so much thank for you. your time. Appreciate it. Yeah, it was great. It was enjoyable. And, uh, it was fun. Started. Good luck. Your, your show's tomorrow? Yeah. Great. Have a good time. I'll come right, by thanks. and take a look. Cool. Fantastic. See you. Thanks. What a nice guy Todd Glass is. He was at the Squarespace Podcast Lab at the festival for a couple of hours, making the rounds and chatting with about a half a dozen podcasters who were there, most of whom probably got their interview with him up way before we did. You can find his podcast, The Todd Glass Show, on the Nerdist Network at com, as well as all those places on the interwebs where you can harvest ear fruit. You know, maybe if I keep using it, ear fruit will catch on as a replacement for podcast. If you were a fan of NBC's series Chuck about a nerdy big box store employee who got a computer stuffed into his noggin, you know Zachary Levy, the star of the show. David Coleman was the prop master on that show, kind of the cue of TV's comedy spy shows, if you will. Together they started a business called The Nerd Machine, and now they have this wolf-pop podcast picking favorites. Started with the help of a comedian who goes by the name Razzle Dangerously, who also hosts a show on the Nerdist Network called Today We Learned, which we'll be playing a clip from momentarily. Are you getting the feeling that podcasting is getting more and more incestuous? I am. Then they drafted Tyler Labine, a hilarious actor from shows like Reaper, The Sons of Tucson, and the movie Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Picking favorites starts with three topics each episode, and the hosts and guests go round Robin style, naming off their favorites of whatever the topic happens to be. On the second show, their guest was Adam Baldwin, another Chuck alumnus, and also one of the stars of Monster Makers, a movie I wrote for the Hallmark Channel. One of the topics in show number two was favorite Mel Brooks
11: movies. Our first topic is, what is your favorite Mel Brooks movie? Yes.
8: Oh. I think, do we give the honors to our guests? I think we yes. do. I, I think, think we should. Go to Adam yeah. first. With first. We should. Oh, yeah. sure. So Sacrificial lamb. Dregs. Absolutely. Correct. Correct. Uh-huh. Correct. I'm going to throw you a curveball. My favorite Mel Brooks movie is High Anxiety. Oh, wow. Uh, 1977. Uh, kind of a quirky thriller comedy where uh, Mel plays a psychiatrist and he goes through all sorts of quirky hijinks. It's a spoof of... Vertigo, which was the famous Hitchcock movie. Yeah. But the reason it's my favorite movie is not so much because of the movie itself, but it holds a special place in my heart because it was screening at the old Wilmette Theater in uh, the northern suburbs of Chicago and I was working as an usher that summer. Oh wow. In oh, a, wow. in a red tuxedo. Mm, nice. With a big black bow tie and I would And I learned how to make popcorn. And uh, (laughs) that was playing on a double bill with uh, Vertigo. Oh, wow. That's ballsy. That's That's really bold, yeah. Yeah. So I got to to learn the inner workings of movie uh, presentation and popcorn slinging and taking tickets before I even got into the... Sweating, too? Was there a
12: lot of sweating in that red tuxedo? uh, Oh, God, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's a fine art, yeah.
8: Yeah, because strictly polyester. Mm, Yeah. yeah. Uh, Great cast. Uh, There's... uh, Madeline Kahn, uh, Uh, Harvey Korman, Cloris Leachman, your typical stable of Mel Brooks' uh, cast members. Dick Van Patten. Yep. Yep.
3: uh, (laughs) It was... Every time I hear Dick Van Patten, all I can think of is Wayne's World when he's speaking Chinese <laughs> to Cassandra. And he goes, no, na no, Dick Van Patten. That's, that's, you know what I'm talking about? All I think about is, is poker. I, do. I, I, mean, I, I can think about poker players yeah. All Dick I can Van, think of th- is it is
8: so. enough.
12: All I can think of is Madeline Kahn now. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, i got yeah. to say, so Madeline Kahn and Bernadette Peters, they do not make women like that anymore. Those are some of the biggest draws for me for Mel Brooks movies, man. They're so funny. You know what's funny?
8: Barry Levinson's in that movie. Yes, Barry Levinson's in that movie. And there's a song, if I can just pull it up here. This is amazing. You're not allowed uh, to play that. You're I'm, not allowed to play that. I'm not going to play it. I'm just going to read the lyrics. Uh, sure. Uh, that we I'll do, can I'll do, do my it. little. I think we my, can do my, that. Yeah, 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 I'll, I'll do, do, do it. my little. I can do that? Yeah. Uh, but you so. must we'll act see. them out also. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Mel singing High anxiety, whenever you're near. High anxiety, it's you that I fear. My heart's afraid to fly. I don't know the rest of the thing, but uh, it's always the same. It's, it's you catchy. that I blame, and it's very clear to me. I've got to give in. High anxiety, you win. So hey. Mel, Mel's a better. You're a, you're a way better crooner than I. You should probably sing this too never. at some point. No, never. <laughs> it's, the
12: soundtrack to that movie is, is very good too. I have the yeah. album hanging. Up in my living room. Is it uh, a musical? A bunch of other. Uh, no, but I mean, you, you can get the soundtracks to all of those. Sure, you know, sure. and uh, it's one of the many comedy albums I have hanging up in my living room. It's a great album.
11: Great, I'm going to say great th- great th- that one's too. probably one of the most least known, like lesser well-known mm-hmm. Mel Brooks movies mm-hmm. for sure. Like yeah. if I, you probably know. I mean, I maybe could have named if I had to name five Mel Brooks movies, but, but maybe not. You think? Is that? I got a
12: question for you. Since you seem to be fairly, I think knowledgeable Bordello of Blood would be least. You know, was the silent movie before or after High Anxiety? Because that's uh, one of my favorite, Mel. Brooks. silent
8: movie came before, right before. Before, yeah. right. silent movie was 76. High Anxiety was th- next year, 77. Oh,
11: All yeah. right.
8: So that's wow. mine. What's yours, guys?
11: Yeah, Dave. Well, uh, Kentucky. Uh, I think I think mine is one of the greatest comedies ever made, not just by Mel Brooks, but Young Frankenstein, which I think. Dang super. it. I know Gene Wilder is. I mean, he's
12: only got 12 that he directed, so. like 13. <laughs> but there isn't a ton to <laughs> I mean, choose from, that's true. Yeah.
11: But I think that the just the comedy and the timing and the. The relationship between the monster and the doctor is so great, and oh. Cloris Leechin and Madeline Kahn and Martin Martin. Martin Marty Boyle. Feldman. Peter Marty Boyle, Feldman man. is the greatest. Like he looks a lot like Razzle actually if you look
12: at it.
10: <laughs> Damn your <laughs> eyes, too late!
12: <laughs> but Peter we Boyle too put a Peter Boyle, yeah. not, I mean as Pharrell the monster. Rick? Yeah. Super duper, like the, one of the funniest bits <laughs> ever, man. That whole the musical number with put the
11: Mm-hmm. It's great. It's, it's a great movie. It is great, and I and everybody in it, like the Cloris Leachman's just like Frau Blucher character, like you know. <laughs> But she's in like five scenes of the whole movie and Oh, and let, let us let us not forget about
8: Terry Gar in her oh, most man. sexy oh. heyday, I and would the, say. And the dart scene. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the dart scene, yeah. Nice, nice grouping. Woochstuffs, woochstups, watchstuffs.
1: Head on over to pickingfavorites.wolfpop.com to grab some more of Picking Favorites from the Nerd Machine. Also iTunes and the usual suspects of podcast players. You can find that. Associate producer Tyson Sainter grabbed the previous clip and this next clip, which comes from the Today We Learn podcast featuring the aforementioned Razzle Dangerously, as heard on the Picking Favorites put clip, and Dan Casey, not heard on the Picking Favorites clip. This Nerdist Show says that the hosts bring you, quote, the latest and greatest and sometimes weirdest facts and trivia the world has to offer, unquote. In this clip from their Epi uh, 62, the host and their guest, Jacob Soboroff, talk about dumb
13: laws in the United States. We're all nerdy about our own things. Absolutely. I'm very nerdy about civics and voting and mm-hmm. laws and yeah. things like that. Um, so I've been super fascinated recently by uh, just dumb laws, really okay. dumb laws. And I, <laughs> I've been surfing the dumb laws hashtag Uh, sort of looking for things, says, I would love to, I'd love to do a show about the stupidest laws, uh, in the country. So I brought three for you. True TV, there you go. Here we go. You ready? Uh, true, if you guys are listening, True TV, (laughs) you know where to tweet me, please. Uh, it is illegal to wear a fake mustache in an Alabama church. Number one, (laughs)
12: that's
11: so funny.
13: Number two, it is illegal to have a bathtub in your house, inside the house, in Virginia. You're supposed what? to have it outside the house. That's preposterous. And uh, and finally, it is illegal to sell ice cream after 6 p.m. Uh, in New Jersey. So, <laughs> oh, my God. So don't go to Jersey looking after for that ice cream in the evening. Isn't is that, that weird?
12: That these are all day all these
13: creams. Yeah, they're day creams, 100%. Is that,
12: is that, the, is that the ice cream
13: man sound? <gasps> what time is it? It's <laughs> a trap. Run! <laughs> Run! Call the cops. Yeah, no. How? I mean, uh, there are so many dumb uh, laws that are still on the books. Those ones really get me. Um, there are other ones that are far more impactful in our daily lives like the us is the only country in the world without paid maternity leave what yeah. we vote on Tuesday is one near and dear to my heart for yeah. no reason no at reason. all mm-hmm. there
12: was, uh, I was reading uh there's supposedly there's like seven to to like eight states who technically have never changed the the voting age yeah. So it's like in the books it's 21 but it's act- there like- are 14
13: <laughs> states where you can only vote on... To- I mean, we can vote early, we can yeah, vote absentee, yeah. you can choose not to vote at all, obviously... But there are 14 states – for a long time I did this project called Why Tuesday to m- try to move Election Day to the weekend or to okay. make it a national holiday so more people could get out and vote because, like, that obviously makes sense. And yeah, like Which Saturday. means nobody in Washington yeah. would want to do it. Yeah. Uh, and there are still 14 states with, like, 60 million people that are that have to vote only on Tuesdays. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys are in the politics as me, but voter turnout is so shitty. Nobody oh, voted really? last Tuesday. And, oh, uh, I sent in my absentee ballot. My man, Dan, I knew yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I've seen where Dan hides in the basement of uh, Nerdist out in Burbank. Yeah, we
6: just we just moved to a new, a new office. It's much Oh, did nicer. you? Congratulations.
13: Yeah. <laughs> and thank you guys for having me when I yeah. got to guest us for oh, uh, course, Jessica. That of was course. fun. We'll
4: have to have you into the new place. It's, yeah, less, uh, it's less like a pile of uh, Tinder. <laughs>
13: <laughs> Whatever. It was great. Yeah, It was kind of hot in there, though, I'll be yeah, honest Yeah, with you. no, it's uh, a little more breathable now. Okay,
12: good. Uh, Speaking of like, I knew you were big into voting and all that. Yeah, so I, I found a. I was I was surfing the the internets here, and uh, Nevada is the only state to have a none of these candidates voting option. Isn't that a great thing? Election.
13: Yeah. Who cares about Republicans or Democrats? Not many people that I know yeah. today, because they're essentially the same, right? They're exactly. the same it's- on foreign policy, um, on siding with big banks and corporate yeah. interests, and taking money from. Uh, Basically, people that will have that people that we will never be because For, they are so mm-hmm. goddamn rich. It's like,
12: and that's exactly that. Is like, I mean, and, and I'll you know full disclosure. I still, I'm still a Michigan resident, and you know, I I didn't vote because it's absentee, and I don't pay attention. Well, I'm leaving. Bye. Really. Yeah, yeah. nice <laughs> 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 How do I take this off the stand so I can drop it? Um, These headphones are stuck on my but, head. But it's also you know that mentality too because it's like it's such a the I'm so disenchanted or disen franchise disenchanted yeah. or whatever with with, One with our government other. system mainly because especially you know uh, when it comes to, like michigan politics and all that stuff which is maybe i should have voted or whatever for whatever they were voting for but like saving the wolves you guys were yeah. voting on sport again <laughs> yeah. you guys were well, voting on like, saving the wolves even like as, as much as you know you got the liberals and the the conservatives and they're all you know ah oh, big oil or yeah. you know we're we're for the working man or whatever but yet michigan will not allow tesla to to manufacture or sell...
13: Directly to the consumer. Directly to the consumer. Bizarre, right? Which is no mm-hmm. different than,
12: like, the Mac store, the Apple store, or Target, or whatever like that. And it's like, because it's so corrupt... Well, it's these entrenched interests, exactly. Yeah. All, that's all these exactly special right. interest groups which that is why I think aren't so- just conservatives. It's is, all Democrats and right. conservatives. That's right.
13: Which is why I think that so many uh, young people don't care about either political party. And actually, you could see it in the results of the election on Tuesday, because... Um, Republicans, you know, swept in and now they've taken control of the Senate. But at the same time, people passed super liberal policies across the country. Weed mm-hmm. was legalized in yeah. several states. Uh, abortion rights were upheld in several states. Um, uh, the minimum wage was increased around the country. Yeah. And so these are hyper liberal policies that people are voting for. Yet at the same time, the same people uh, gave Republicans the control of the Senate. I just think people are so fed up with politics in general that they're, like, more into the issues that they care about than the the politicians themselves. Yeah, just doing control F weed.
1: Yeah,
10: (laughs) that's
1: exactly right. (laughs) You, too, can learn from Today We Learned at Nerdist.com and all those other podcast-friendly outlets. We clipped the Angry Old Man podcast quite a while ago, epi- 53, I think. So it's high time we hit him again. All I know about the ringmaster for this podcast is that he goes by the name Robert Q, as in the letter Q, and that he does all the voices on this thing. Tyson grabbed the cold opening from Angry Man Epi90, so have a listen.
14: C- Come on.
3: No, let Cheeks
14: sleep. Yes, let him sleep.
3: Let him right. But he usually has a million jokes,
14: you know. He, yeah. I know
3: he's got a lot of jokes, but, you know, you usually heard him.
14: Well, yes, you heard him. And,
3: and you know... I don't like for the man
14: to you know,
3: get a beer mug yeah. in his head well, or a yeah, well, he grenade at his Guess feet he or a okay. you know, bow and arrow or whatever you, the hell you use. Just let him sleep. Right.
14: <laughs> oh, I, I believe uh, that I have a fairly... Oh. Uh, what humorous joke if you will
3: all right Mm. go ahead let's let's have it
14: okay uh this guy and his wife are trying to set up a new password on their computer oh good a
3: password yes Yes. on the computer all right
14: so the husband puts in or, you know, types in... Right. ...my penis.
3: My penis? Uh,
14: yes. <laughs> and the wife falls on the ground laughing hysterically.
3: Laughing? Uh, Why?
14: Well, because on the screen it says... Error, not long enough.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's not funny.
14: What do you mean? What?
3: Well, it's not funny. Yeah. Well, to a guy with a short cock, that's not funny. <laughs> so <laughs> if he had a little and that... cock and that thing pops it's... up on the screen, I for sure would well, be just laughing because you have a little cock. It's not funny <laughs> to <laughs> you, <but> to us, <laughs> it's it's hilarious. Yes. It's a funny it's joke. Not right? funny. Yes. So if the joke was about remember. a couple of pancake tips, well, well, you would be you, that be bell. funny to you, huh? Well, and the joke
14: wasn't about pancake tips. The joke well, yeah, was about it, a, was my yes. yeah, it. was about shirt long enough, it's a play it was, on words it so
3: what? you idiot. Yeah, it's a uh, oh, computer jargon. Computer yes. jargon, my yes. ass, it just because jargon. you got a foot and two inches well, of dick. It's not funny to you, it's not funny, funny, to, was not funny well, but, to me. Well, it may not be funny to you, right. but it was it's funny not. to us.
14: It was funny. Uh, it, it was not. Yes.
3: Do you have another joke, perhaps, that isn't so sensitive uh, to, you know, Robert's uh, persona? Persona. Yes. Yes.
14: To his persona. I right. do happen to have another joke, perhaps, that will St- not uh, All right. be so sensitive to Robert. Uh, um, persona. Well, uh, a teacher Yo. is in class, and uh, she's speaking e. to a bunch of... Uh, uh, well, students. You no, know, who's
3: she going to be talking to? Uh, the convicts? Robert,
14: stop oh, interrupting.
3: This isn't going to be another one of uh, the stupid little Rudy jokes with, uh, you know, a rat with a two-foot-long dick, Is Robert, Robert,
14: Robert, Robert, please. please settle down. Oh, Let
3: uh, me. Uh, joke Please. Fine. Right, Go so, ahead and tell So, this
14: teacher says, children, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. what does the chicken give you? The chicken. And uh, a little girl raises her hand and... Teacher says yes, and the little girl says meat. Meat. Yes, meat. I
3: thought you were going to say the egg. What? Chicken give you eggs.
14: No, that chicken gives you meat.
3: Well, that's right. Chicken gives you uh, meat. What, you uh, what where the about? hell do you think McNuggets come
14: from? Right. A,
3: a rabbit? No, from your fat ass. Well, but, fine. But for fine. For Continue. Personal, t- t- chicken gives you meat. Oh. Go ahead. Then what? Okay.
14: Chicken gives you meat. Uh-huh. So the teacher says fine. Uh, now what does the pig? Give you. And another little boy, he raises his hand, and she said yes, and the little boy says, bacon. Oh, bacon, yes. And Mm. uh, finally, the teacher says, great, and what does the fat cow give you? Fat cow. And, uh... A little boy whose name was not Rudy. Good. He said, "Homework." A fat cow gives us. Homework. So that one was funny, right? Oh, he was sexist, dumbass. What the hell do you mean,
3: sexist, dumbass? Well, well
14: the one with the small penis wasn't funny to you because no. it hit too close to home. But now that she's a fat cow, that's hilarious. Well, it was funny to me. It wasn't to me. You know,
3: I guess I'm a. Sexist dumbass. Yes, you are. <laughs>
14: Sexist dumbass. Sexist dumbass. All
3: right, already.
1: That old man is so angry. Listen to him and the voices in his head rant at angryoldmanpodcast.com or use one of the nifty podcast apps like Overcast or Podbay or Instacast. There are a bunch out there to try. What I like about Overcast, none they're are paying me to say any of this, but what I love about it is it automatically pumps up the volume on low-level podcasts, which is great if you run, hike, or have a lot of street noise around you, so check that one out. I've got my PodFest chat with Matt Knudsen coming up in a few minutes, along with a clip from his Grabbing Lunch podcast, but first we have a little of this.
0: This portion of Succotash is brought to you by Henderson's Breakaway Trousers. For the first time available to the public, Henderson's Breakaway Trousers are the ideal solution for you, whether you are a man suffering from weak bladder syndrome or premature ejaculation. How many times have you been running late for that important business meeting only to find that your bratty bladder doesn't care about snaps, buttons, zippers, and belts, And who hasn't been on that date of a lifetime with that hottie that everyone wants to bang? You'd like to make a good showing, but gosh darn it, those pesky spermatozoa want out, and they want out now. Friends, when you're sporting a pair of Henderson's breakaway trousers, you've got the confidence to know that you'll be down to nothing in no time at all. And before you can say... Jack Robinson, it's bombs away, and you're good to go. Originally designed for the military, the theater, and penitentiary jails, Henderson's Breakaway Trousers are available online and wherever fine pants are sold. Available soon in women's styles, too. That's Henderson Breakaway Trousers. And now back to more of Suck Attack. That's
1: a classic Henderson's Pants spot from yesteryear. 2012 to be exact and now it's time for a visit to the tweet sack i saw a random tweet from odd g productions looking for suggestions for people to interview so i suggested me they asked me to send along a bio of who the heck i was and why anyone would want to listen to an interview with me so i did and they said they will not sure when but that'll be fun at sky all violet also known as jen over in england tweeted that she finally received her attached zipper pulls and she even posted the pictures On Twitter to prove it. I've got to start keeping better track of what comes in on Twitter. Had a nice note from a follower who really wanted me to read his name on the show. But now that I'm combing back through the twit stream, I cannot find his tweet. So sorry about that. You know who you are, I assume. So tweet me again. I'll print it out this time so I don't forget. Another way that I uh, know I won't forget is if you click the donate button at SuckatashShow.com. That records uh, who sent in a donation and I will be sure to read your name then. Okay, it's time for me to read a list of some of the lovely people who took time in the past week or so to tweet, retweet, mention, follow, or otherwise put at Sucketest Show into the twit stream. Accompanying me on the, in the background is our own Tyson Saner with an instrumental tune that he did for the first Combat Radio Christmas album to raise money for Ethan Detmeyer's fourth annual Combat Radio Christmas event for homeless children. You can donate to the Combat Radio Christmas event at gofundme.com slash christmas and get the album uh, and uh, make make a suitable donation uh, by going through our website, Suckatashow.com, and click on the Combat Radio Christmas album picture on the right-hand side of the page. Tyson's cut is entitled, For Christmas. I'll play it under our Tweet Sack mentions now, and then on its own, in its entirety, and without me talking over it, at the end of this show. All right, here we go. Thanks for tweets, uh, tweeting our names out there by the way, and have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone in the United States. For everyone else in the world that mentioned us, have a great Thursday. Combat Radio. Hmm, funny about that. Storyworthy, Super Delicious One, Salty Language Podcast. My name is Razzle 2, Pedro N, Iup Polat, Bob Zaney, Paul Prevenza, Aaron O'Connor, Wrong Foot Podcast, Hendrickson Luke. Hendrickson Luke. Yeah, uh, The Tell Your Friends Podcast, 15 Minutes TV, Vegas Green Room, Fun Time Good Show, Real Marsha Wright, Darren Rose Radio, Diveling, Rich and Heidi, Leigh Allison, BN Cr- uh, Prime, Podcast Squared, Alcoholic Ant, Shrin666, Common Uncommon, DAPF Pod Annalise, Michelle O'Merth, Rapture Insurance, Dave Hoge, Samantha Quintos. Davian Dent, The Aristocrats, The Interview, Gabriel Diani, Hillbilly Nerd Talk, and Muty, Broadcast Basement, Monica Homburg, JC Lynn, Illusionoid, Gareth Thomas, Not Listening Pod, Adam Barker, Philco... Gub The Selling, What a Pair of Trousers, Leanne McNeil, Language of Bromance, Strange Times, Level 7 Access, San Diego Sabrina, Julia W.D. Harrison, Thomas W.P. Slayton, Adam Waddle, Dave Polano, Borgia Obese. Obese? Weird. Okay, uh, Mike Dennison, <laughs> Monkey Pliers, Dan Delgado, Illusionoid, again, Nug Narcan, Instagram's too, Shits Legit. Corky Knievel, Brian Flaherty, Agrippina Peterson, Anna Marie German, Ed Wallach, Nunez-Chris 100, Peyton Frisch, Frischertz, <laughs> Michael Leal, Sci-Fi Elements, Barry Bronze, Rebecca Garzan, Nick Caporaso, uh, Chuck and Sarah B., and Amanda White. And that's the rundown. Oh, of a lot of the people that tweeted us this last week, so thank you so much. So I was first introduced to Matt Knudsen, host of the Grabbing Lunch podcast at the re- most recent L.A. Podcast Festival, when Christine Blackburn dragged him up to the podcast lab and told me, You have got to interview Matt! First of all, thank you, Christine. Second of all, what a nice guy! I really enjoyed our chat, and I love the premise for his podcast, simple, filling grab two people who listeners may or may not have heard of before sit them down to lunch and turn the mics on this clip is from his epi 52 at one episode a week that's his one year anniversary congratulations matt and his guests were actress helen slater from things like supergirl and city slickers and her husband rob watsky a hollywood editor and improviser Once you taste a little sample of their Mexican lunch, I'll slide you right into my interview with Matt.
10: So for this show Sunday night, is this all new material that you're working on, or do you find like you pull... Honestly,
9: Honestly. Uh, I want to do Letterman before Letterman's not on the table anymore. So probably the first five minutes will be the set that I want to do on on Letterman. And then... I'll probably sit at the piano and play with the band oh for the rest my of my set and Seriously? see. Yeah, and see what That's happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to play with these guys. Player? I mean, not like you, know. but uh, it's recreational. Yeah, I played guitar for years, and then just I did a show one time. It was um, called Story Detectives, where these kids interviewed a member of their family and then wrote a story about it, and then actors said the story like it was a monologue it was really a great program but there was this guy who was playing piano at at the event like you know he ran up the stairs (laughs) and he just the way he stung and even interstitial stuff he was playing like ragtime
13: fun
9: and I was just like I always wanted to play piano and so he just showed me some things we got together maybe like five or six times and he's like you know how A is on the guitar here it is on piano yeah so that's fairly recent you started playing piano Five
3: years, four five years. I saw you do a seven and play piano. Yeah. I don't
2: think so when you play piano. Okay. Yeah. You probably don't remember. But isn't it fun on piano when you you can see the chords so easily? Yeah, like it's laid how out. You, yeah. it's really cool.
10: I
9: think people get intimidated because they're like, look, there's so many keys, but it's just like, well, they, they just repeat. Yeah. They're the same ones, but they... Wow. And yeah. how did both of you... Make one hand do one thing and the other hand do that's there lies the rub. That's what's shocking heart.
8: about any musical instrument. Oh, here's,
9: here's how I do it. I'm not good at it.
10: That's You can play, play. Right, you, can, you know. Right.
9: Do you have a fake book? I know that's a term. No, right? no. I mean, I don't read music. There's I like
14: the tablature at the top. It's yeah. just like A
9: minor. I know these That's what
14: yeah. I can do too.
9: Yeah. I just made a breakthrough like a year ago where you do the, you know how you do the, the triads, or like yeah. the three in the chord, but then I, I learned how to invert and hit the, the three nice. different ways to play the same chord. Sure. For me, that was like, because it can make it sound Understand. so much fuller and better, you know, but <laughs> I'm just recreational.
8: That doesn't,
2: uh,
10: I don't understand anything. You guys
8: are
2: <laughs> I just bang the about, microphone. Let me <laughs> talk a little bit about editing software now. See if there's a possibility
3: that you guys would like to join in. I so I at Pro 7. 7.
2: Yeah. I also had my mind kind of Bended when these players in Nashville, musicians in Nashville, do the number system. Mm. And I was 40 when I first heard about Um, that. Like the circle of fifths. Well, no, like if I have a song written in the key of C, let's say simplest key, so like C, A minor, F, G, simple, simple. They'll have it when you give a chart to someone from Nashville. It'll be one, six minor, four, five. So one is the C chord. Six minor is the A minor. Four is the F. And that way you can change keys right. And they can always play
10: That is actually key. the
9: circle of fifths Oh, that is the that circle is, And I, I, I learned that the in the guitar thing I know
10: what the fifths are But I don't oh, know I why Oh,
9: then could be wrong Well, I mean, I right it's now, it's now Sitting system. in front of a
8: keyboard How would they uh, approach that? Because
9: <laughs> <laughs> if someone's trying, trying to break little into little Nashville, little <laughs> Nashville And yeah. they want to be an insider I could be way off, Helen No, I know the
2: circle of fifths Like C is the one, G is the five And then D is the big Yeah, yeah.
9: I love simple setups As far as setups go If I have a choice between simple and super hard I mean, Mark, Mark, I'm going super serious. Every, right Every, Every
1: time. Every single time. Every time.
9: Unless um, setting up in some way is not. You know, I'm, I'm not involved in it. it we'll make it as hard as we can. Exactly. Right. As long
1: as there's professionals involved. <laughs> uh, you can do the ones and twos. My, my guest at uh, my little corner of the uh, podcast lab table is Matt I uh, Believe it or not, Mark, it's Knudsen. Knudsen. It's all right. It's my name. I mispronounced it all Sorry. The time. You know what? It's,
9: it's years of seeing the milk cartons. Right. You know? And here's the thing. My name is spelled well. exactly like that, only it's a hard K. Okay. <laughs> As it was explained to me... Well, let's point out, people are having
1: much more fun than we are. They are, sorry. Uh, well, you know what? I think they're just trying to sound like they nightmare. are. Uh, and the well, raucous laughter, right. of course, is coming yeah, from yeah. Graham Elwood, who's uh, the co-founder of the this are. nightmare. Right. 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 And so he feels like he has to laugh loudly. And for the record,
9: when I uh, <laughs> when I spend time with Graham Elwood, I laugh raucously, too. Yes. No, he's so a I mean, very I'm, funny guy. I understand. I understand. So Matt Knudsen, sorry. No, no. Don't worry about it. I mean, it just doesn't make sense the way it's spelled and the way it's said but as it was explained to me uh, the Danes they hit their K's okay they hit their K's yes they hit their K's they okay. hit the K's Norwegians not so much
1: alright <laughs> so, so Norwegians are fine with the silent K and your podcast is Grabbing Lunch it's called Grabbing Lunch with Matt Knutes and mm-hmm. I'm very surprised after reading a little bit about it that we have not clipped you on Suck Attack interesting because what we do is feature clips of other people's comedy podcasts oh. so you'd think after all this time we've been Around for almost three years, we would have gotten congratulations. Well, thank you, but we would have gotten to grabbing lunch.
9: You know what? I uh, I guess in the in the general scale of things, I'm relatively new. I've been doing it for less than a year. I have. Forty today, I released episode forty-five. Congratulations! Thank you very much. Which is actually uh, Graham Elwood and Chris Mancini, oh, nice. uh, co-founders of the LA Podcast Festival. We went to Hugo's oh, in, love, uh, h- lo- in Studio, Studio City. City. Love mm-hmm. Hugo's right there on Riverside. Love that place. Absolutely. So basically, the show is I intentionally excuse me, I got a throat did bubble. Did oh, you hear that? that? Yeah, oh, I, I did. did. Burp,
1: burp, burp, on burp, burp. this show exclusively, <laughs> Matt Knutson's throat bubble. <laughs> So uh, I, I in, 40, in 45 episodes Of your show Have you yeah. ever had A throat bubble oh, yeah. oh I've had nothing But throat bubbles Of course Because you do like... it Over lunch <laughs> The for, rule one Of podcasting Is don't eat While you podcast right. What uh, were you well, thinking you What were you thinking
9: I tried to Intentionally do something <laughs> That I enjoy one one doing Which is one
12: right Having
9: lunch Two, down two down. Hanging out with uh, <laughs> With entertainers oh, You oh, know oh, So oh. I do have comedians But I also have You know Actors mm-hmm. and Musicians uh, well, i like Colin Hay the show, who used to be the former frontman for uh, for Men at yeah. Work, and he's a phenomenal solo artist. But um, it's been it's been great because. I incorporated a couple of things that I really like to do. And I don't do anything resembling an interview. So when we sit down, it's just us hanging out. Okay. And any questions that are asked, and I usually do it with two other people. So there's like three is the magic number. So it's, it's like a little least. round table kind of it's thing. It's like a round table. Right? So I don't ask questions that wouldn't <laughs> normally happen over a conversation. So okay. someone says, like, hey, I just was in go. Phoenix last weekend. Uh, hey, how was that? You know, it's oh, not like, so tell right? me, um, who are some of your favorite communities? <laughs> Who are your and, influencers? Right. Who are you listening to now? Who okay. should we do now? I mean, and I love those types of things, but, uh, you know, I think Good. when someone asks you a question, regardless of whatever industry you're in, a lot of times you go into, I call it bio mode. Mm-hmm. You go into the back of your mind, like, well, I was born in Hawaii, and I did, you know. And if you can pull people out of that and have them
1: share a moment together. That's, yeah. uh,
9: I, I prefer that. You know, so. okay. I wanted to try and get uh, well, people Maybe we should do we should the, the rest
1: of this yeah. chat yeah. in that style.
9: Maybe we should. Actually, let me get a yeah, gets, Hershey's crackle uh, Please here. help yourself. Uh, Mark, what can I get you? I'm good. I'm Are good sure? for now. Maybe yeah. you can suck on a
1: throat lozenge. Yeah. You know what? I'm enjoying some of this extra Dessert delights, cho- uh, cho- mint chocolate chip yeah, gum. That's which is one of my favorites. Boy, things
9: must be going pretty good for you. Huh? I got to tell
1: you, I actually I bought yeah, this package with my own money. I'm happy to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just for the record, when Mark said that, he straightened the
9: lanyard <laughs> as, if, as if it was a necktie. <laughs> 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 just
1: give me a minute, everyone.
9: Uh, okay, so I'm I'm. You can hear me. Mm, I'm, a, I'm. You're a crackling your
1: crackle wrapper. Uh, oh, I'm taking a bite. Isn't I'm that delicious?
9: I think also, too, more so than anything, the show has taught me to take smaller bites. Ah, yes. So I take take a little bite, and then if there's ever a a moment where, um, you know, there's like, if you're not talking or you're thinking, that's when I'll like volunteer something about myself or say something I've done or. Yes. But for the most part, I enjoy hearing other people's stories, even if it's just like, you know, so my kid knocked off a gallon of milk at the store and I had to get the guy to come clean it up. Yeah. Yeah, that's. That's entertaining. Absolutely, absolutely. Your
1: your story of smaller bites reminds me. Years ago, I used to um, be uh, in the uh, the Extras Guild. That's how long ago it was before they got folded into SAG, right? Uh And it was in San Francisco. And so there was, you know, once in a while they would shoot something up there. And I was on a Seven Up commercial. Ah, don't you feel good about Seven Up? Yes, remember? But it was shot in this panhandle part of Golden Gate Park, and. Uh One of the principals was this little girl, and the other principal was this kind of older man, like in his 70s. And the little girl was starting to. she goes, I don't feel so well, and the old man goes... This is between takes. Right. Goes, Have you been drinking the 7-Up? She goes, well, yeah. They say... I, she, he says, no. He says, when you're supposed to be drinking it, just stick your tongue in the hole in the bottle. <laughs> he says, don't drink this shit. <laughs> and this is like a seven-year-old girl. Right. right. So it's kind of funny watching this yeah. sort of uh, ages-old education good. about how to properly right. keep yourself sane. Right. In something is. I also
9: really enjoy the fact that the man that they hired to represent their brand don't drink that shit. <laughs> exactly. I love seven up. God, don't yeah, drink that, that shit. Whatever you do, kid, <laughs>
1: yeah. take it from me. Yeah, it's like the spit
9: bucket. That's and right. It's like, oh my god. I got to be seventy years old thing. by not drinking seven up. Exactly. Trust me, kid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do as I do, not as I say.
9: And that old man was Bob Hope. Bob Hope. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you. <laughs> I don't feel good about 7 up. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I uh uh No, I I I we, we sit down and it usually I, I say the show is the um the when they drop the menus until they drop the checks. Okay. So it's usually forty five an hour, you know. All sometimes right. people could do more, sometimes people do less, but I try and yeah. keep it in the yeah. sixty minute neighborhood with a little intro to just let... to know people. Let people know who they're listening to and what their kind of background is. Now,
1: are a lot of the the lunch partners you have somebody you have a previous relationship with socially? I mean, you know, comics, you know, actors.
9: So far, yeah, so far they've just been people that I've known throughout the scene and that I've reached out to because I I do um, stand up, but I'm also you know I act and uh, you know have an improv background. Okay, I play music, so I guess the only criteria is people that. Uh, I, I think would be an engaging lunch guest and okay. usually the first person that I reach out to if it's like if you and I were going to be doing it mm-hmm. I'd say Mark do you have somebody that you like then that you have a friend that you usually hang out with yeah. um, I've only had one Lunch where the two people had never met before, oh, okay. but the rest of the time they all yes, kind yes. of know each other.
1: All right, have you had Rick Overton on your show? I
9: have had Rick. Okay. Overton. He's he's who I would invite them. I love Rick Overton. Rick I did it with uh, Rick Overton and uh-huh. uh, Jonathan Kite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Steve Beniquist and okay. we okay. ate at the counter, nice. on Ventura Boulevard yeah. in Studio City, and um, I think he got the Thanksgiving hamburger.
1: Nice. Yeah,
9: which is like a turkey burger. We with were, we Iron were gonna <laughs> we were gonna have
1: lunch yesterday, and he suggested at the counter which i i i'm from san francisco and mm-hmm. i eat it my wife and i love going to the counter it's our friday tradition i'm a fan a, yeah you go there because they serve booze mm-hmm. so we have the we have the burger salad right right and then a martini right it's fantastic oh,
9: perfect the martini yeah. makes any any yeah. burger slide right down <laughs> hey kid
1: just stick your tongue in the martini. that's, that's right it's
9: gonna last all day that's
1: right yeah no, let, let that gin flow <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we ended up at PF Chang's having lunch yesterday.
9: You know what? Um I actually ran into Rick Overton at PF Chang's. There's a very select number of restaurants
1: Rick will eat at. Right.
9: And it was at the um, and I'm just going to go ahead and guess it was the Sherman Oaks. It was
1: cuz yeah, we went the, to go see Galleria. we went to see a movie. So mm-hmm. we were going to go to the counter and we said, "Well, let's go see a movie." And it's at the ga- it's at the arc Light. So he said, "Well, why don't hey, pal? Why don't we go P.F. Chang's? So, right. All right, that's where we'll go." Yeah,
9: yeah, it's so funny because I saw him there, and um, we actually—I did a movie with Rick where we were um, we were partners. We were, worked at the police force. It was which movie? It was called Insight. And, okay. Um, the lead of it was uh, Sean Patrick Flannery, who was Powder. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. So we worked at the at the precinct, and like Rick and I were partners. Oh, so funny! Uh, I think I saw him like right after we shot that. And I, I hadn't seen him for a while. I was like, hey, Rick, it was it you know fun shooting together? He just He kind of was still sitting at the counter He looked up at me and was like Showbiz baby <laughs> <laughs> Now had you known Rick so previous Rick. to that? Uh, before shooting the movie, yeah. I did, you know, because I do stand up too, and I, yeah. you know, know him through the circuit. But I remember very early on; it was such a distinct memory. I was doing a show at like some Italian restaurant, where it's just one of those where like they put like a microphone in the corner, and there's yeah. like there's, there's no n- special there's lighting, there's no, no stage.
1: Yeah, you're on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> those are the best gigs, aren't and they? And he was
9: sitting in the he was sitting in the back. He wasn't on the show, but he was like oh, on, on a date and um after the show i was kind of like standing and i knew i knew it was rick but right. you know it was before we were kind of knew each other and uh, i finished my set and and he he's just like i'm a fan of yours and i was just like that it was so <laughs> yeah. gracious and so cool and he's rick overton he doesn't need to like go up and talk nah, to he's some, one of the but,
1: coolest guys i've known him for 25 years he, he is,
9: is one of the coolest fantastic. guys have you
1: gotten to do improv with him I have done improv with That's him. hilarious Yeah Just yeah. hilarious
9: I did a show And it was uh, Improvised Christmas Carol Nice Where it was just like It was It was the story of um, You know It was Charles Dickens Christmas yeah. Carol Only you brought in characters And you kind of Introduced and, and it was me and Rick And it was um, Kind of a younger Ensemble cast Okay And, and Improvisers can be a little clicky, and they like, oh, I'm, yes. gonna, I'm gonna, bring in Mark. I'm not gonna bring in Randy, and they, you know, yeah, to bring I've, in the scene. I hate getting iced out like that. Right. It's like, really? Yeah. So I was standing there, and uh, uh, I was standing next to Rick as the show was going on, and, and I was like, these people have, they don't, they don't know who you are, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So I don't know. I won't say the name of the show, or you know, oh, or you where sure it was, but should. I was just like, what do you? Put, put, re- put Rick in the scene. He's going to make everything He better. was just
1: up north doing... Um, there's this uh, show up there on Tuesday nights uh, in Mill Valley, which is just north of San Francisco. Mark Pitta. Yeah. Theater. And... Um, Mark's a good friend of
9: mine. You know, I've never met him, but I've heard nothing but fantastic things about oh, his show. Well, you, should,
1: you should get up there. Yeah, I
9: emailed him one time um, when I was in the area. I go up to San Francisco a, oh, okay. a fair amount, and um, he got back to me, but we couldn't make the oh, okay. we couldn't make the date work. And so, you know,
1: well, let me know when you're coming up there next, and I'll uh, we can double team him and get you on the show. Mark, I would
9: love to. Thank you. But
1: uh, Rick was up there a couple weeks ago, headlining the show, and. Uh, I called Pitta and I said, Hey, do you want to do any improv since Rick's up? And he says, Yeah. So we did some movie dubbing. And uh, it was pretty fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is uh, um, it? What's the name of the show? Totally
9: looped. Totally looped. Yeah. That was it. It was like him and uh, Dan Castle and Netta. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. um, I'm trying to think who's the other. I can't remember who else in that particular show, but there's you know several other versions of that Uh that kind of tour around. But Pinnages, it's one of the ones he likes doing because he likes old movies and he's got a bunch of weird footage. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So we we did like three different scenes and it was all pretty funny. Oh, that's great. great.
9: Especially too, if somebody has been doing improv long enough, and it's just like if you've been doing it for longer than you know x amount of years, you know, you say one line. And then you stop talking. Yes. And then you let what you said yes. affect the person that you said yes. it to in some way.
1: Yes. I and mean, I taught improv and it's just amazing how yeah. people just, they think it's all about talking. And I said, no, it's all about listening. Really?
9: Right. right. Um, but yeah, it's, all, all the acting training I've ever had that has ever been effective for me has been because I listen more than I talk. And you really like, you know, even when you're like, you know what the line is because you've read it off the script. Yeah. If you're not sharing a moment, you can, you can also uh, almost, Tell when someone is like pursing their lips to talk. Yes. And once their mouth
1: goes like, uh, this is like the ears are closed. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because they're so worried they're gonna miss their moment or forget their line or mm-hmm. do whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
9: did. Uh, uh, I studied with Stan Wells Okay. You, yeah. Do you know Stan? I know the name. I don't know Stan. Him, used to. Um, he was one of the founding fathers of the 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 groundlings along with sure. Gary Austin. He yeah. Used to um, teach over there. He's in he's in Seattle right now, but he had a okay. um, uh, a workout space called the Empty State was hmm. in Westwood, which I used to do improv all the time with all those people. It's like Christian Wigg used to drop wow. in, just all, like all these, you know, these people who were, Boot, you know. Yeah, but it's it was so interesting because he would just he was the guy that kind of like laid the, the training. You could just go and work out three nights a week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, from seven to ten. Nice. And That's people great. just like dropped in. And he's like, "All right, Mark and Matt, get up on stage. All right, so you guys are keepers and your line just escaped. and go, you know." You you
1: got nothing. So if you're not building it together, you're absolutely no. That's the fun. Twisting that's the fun. Oh, yeah. We I, I got into a a uh, thing with Rick the other day. we were, it was before we met for for lunch, and mm-hmm. uh, I just I, we were trying to establish where we were going to meet, and it suddenly turned into I forget how we got in it. It got into this back and forth thing of horrible horrible cheese
10: puns.
1: (laughs) And it was just so funny because of the improv background, we were finding the game in the cheese puns. And it went from names of cheeses to forms of cheeses to the way cheese is is you know sliced and and served and you could see the game forming if you look Uh, back and it's just like so are you married
9: i'm single
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and it was just so funny because we're just texting back and forth and you go you're still finding the game it's Mm -hmm. just you can't yeah it's it's a muscle that once you've worked it out it's very difficult not to use it i agree and then also too if you have someone
9: that you've known for that long and you can actually like send them like greed is gouda yes bjorn gecko you know yes <laughs> just, yes and exactly. then you realize it's not the bub it's no. just like it's the it's keeping the ball in the air yes it's exactly. more, more fun yeah. than you know if you're an ensemble that's yeah. my favorite word in improv ensemble. Yeah. we are an ensemble
1: so like you said your your uh show is sort of lunch conversation not a lunch interview
9: yeah, it's whatever whatever happens. I mean, I have um, a recorder in the middle. It's a Zoom H4n, and mm-hmm. then I have two Shure XM391 microphones that I set on either side of the table. It picks up um, both halves of the table, mm-hmm. and I just kind of I show up before... People do, and I, I, I hit record, and when they sit down, it just it's all going. We sit it's down, nice and, I, and thank you for coming. I like tea, you know, whatever, and then you can also hear the ambience of the people in the back, and the waitress will come in and I'll tell you what she likes, and you can actually and that's all captured in the show. It's all—it's the whole show. And okay, yeah, it's just a, a one-hour hang, and I mean the best thing is hanging out with comedians because one. They're hilarious. Yeah, you know what I mean. And two, they like always have stories. Yeah, well, it's self-perpetuating. It's true. I mean, yeah. they're the
1: most well-read. Especially if you're picking up the check. I, that's true. That's true. And, you know, I, because I, I, they're paid they're to perform. Right.
9: <laughs> you get paid more than more, most podcasts that you appear right. on. They make. That's right. And yeah, they'll give you a bottle of Aquafina. <laughs> you know, outside of that. But I do. I have been asked that. Uh, you know, a fair number of times. Like, oh, it must be a pretty expensive podcast. And it's like, well, it's every week, and I spend thirty dollars, fifty dollars. You know, but it's a
1: write-off. I,
9: one, wanted a write off. It's from my, uh, you know, my escort, Mark. Yeah, a, my escort, and Paul picks it up as if that's a separate thing from my own money. You know, um, but also too, when you sit down with somebody like Rick, or I mean, I, I went out to lunch with Kathy Ladman and Paul Provenza. These are people that have been in the business for thirty years. So, is that worth it? Is, is it worth it to me to buy someone a hamburger and a coke? And spend seventeen dollars on their yeah. lunch. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I'll, you know
1: I do a number of my Suck Dash interviews over meals, just because it's easy for people. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go somewhere special, exactly. and it's like. And I've gotten used to um, because mine's more of an interview and not a conversation. Sure. Well, this has been really loose. And yeah, fun. I but been... I, you know, I I cut out the waiter and stuff like that because mm-hmm. I don't think well that's it. It's not set up that people. I want them to feel like they're at the meal, right? right. It's. Right. Uh, and then I'll I'll use uh, yeah. Audacity and I'll take the room noise out as much as I can, mm-hmm. so it sounds you know as clean as I can make ah, it. Wow, that sounds like
9: a much more
1: professional endeavor than your. I don't know that I don't know that it is, but yeah. it's just it just it, to me it's all about because we're an audio medium. Mm-hmm. It's all about the sound. If I can't hear somebody because there's a clattering of silverware, True. it's like well someone's going to tune out. Right, might just be one person, but yeah. it's someone tuning out, and you want people tuning in. You're right. Um, but if they sit, if if for your show, mm-hmm. the premise is established. They're going to swing with it. Mm-hmm. They're going to go. I'm at the meal with them. Yeah. I'm. I'm a blind person. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and, I, I'm, bel- and I'm sitting at the table with them. Believe it or not, I've gotten messages
9: from fans of the show that say they'll listen to the podcast when they're at lunch. They'll just put their earbuds oh, in and have funny. lunch and hang out, and they feel like they're in this ambient isn't that environment. A great idea? Yeah. And I just. Yeah, I'm getting goosebumps. I'm literally getting goosebumps when you come up with an idea, and then somebody like that you don't know is like, "Hey, I like it so much that I this is how wow. I consume it." you like, "Those
1: are lonely people." Those are desperate. <laughs> and if you're that person, you go to hell.
9: No, that's that's fantastic. It's been that's great. It's been so rewarding for so many reasons. So um, I've I've had a great time, and also too, like I was saying earlier, we do it anyway. Yes, you know? and the the episode that I put out this weekend with with Graham and Chris. Yeah. They were very honest. They like, we were just so busy. I mean, we, if without the show, we, we, I couldn't have said, like, hey, let's hang out. Right. They because, wouldn't have had the time. But they have to eat lunch. But they have to eat lunch. It's right around the corner from them. <laughs> it kind of helps cross-promote the festival and gets, you know. Yeah. So it, it, it's a win for a, That's a cool. lot of reasons. Yeah, That's so, cool. Yeah. Um,
2: how long did
1: it take you to kind of think about what you wanted your show to be? In oh, that's a good of-
9: question. You know, I, I always... I mean, since, like, the podcast boom started, mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to, to mm-hmm. have one. And I tried one before... Do you know Ryan Singer? Yeah. Uh, Ryan Singer and I tried to do a podcast called Take a Hike. Hmm. It was a Take a Hike podcast where uh, every week we'd go, we'd find mother, one other comedian and the two of us would go on a hike with this person and, you know, just like <laughs> okay. food, like Angela's Crest or something oh, like cool. that. Okay. Took, like, well, that's a great hour. idea. Yeah, so we had a good time and I... Uh, it. It was okay, but when we thought about the long view of it, it would be very difficult to, like, hey, do you have three hours to disappear in the middle of the week? With us
1: now is Stephen Hawking, (laughs) and we're hiking up Fryman Canyon.
9: Stephen, try and keep
1: up. (laughs) God damn it. Put me down. Put me down. (laughs) Put me down. I am tired.
9: My batteries, get it low. I need to hydrate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, when I, when, I, when I did that, I really liked the idea of having a podcast. I really liked the idea of having just a way to connect yeah. in and above, like, the stand-up act and, like, whatever acting credits you could assemble. Um, so what I did was I I did six episodes. And I, I rented out some equipment. I did six episodes, and I just kind of sat back and and just saw saw how, saw how it was going. And before I even released my first episode, I did all those, and I kind of built the website, and I did it. Because when it did roll out, I didn't want to like have to have the next one come out in like three days and play catch so up. Play yeah. catch up, yeah. So I, even now, I still do that. I like I release them every Saturday. It's on uh, it's com. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, it's on SoundCloud. But I didn't want to get too stressed out about it. So I, even now, I have like three or four like in the can, just re- ready to go. Sure. Um, I would say, from the idea to the execution, was. Maybe about three months. Okay. Yeah, and then I was also kind of beta testing some equipment to see what the best um, way to do it would be. Because I thought about like, loves. like lobbying, but then the people like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, yeah, you go know, to the bathroom. I gotta, yeah. get got this phone call. Yes. Um, with the microphones on the table, it's very low profile. It's not like the big, you know, microphone that's in someone's face. Yes. Nobody wears cans. Right. Yeah. Um, so you just kind of set it there and and, and walk away. Yeah. Um, and then also too. When I put on
1: headphones, I don't know why, but I feel like, all right, here we go. Oh yeah, when we get in the mode. Yeah, no, my radio voice definitely pops on when I've got it. And I normally am wearing headphones when I'm doing my stuff because I do, when I do the clips, I do wraparound stuff around it. Right? Sure. So I... I record all my wraparound stuff, and then I literally just piece everything together. Right. Yeah, but I definitely so I'm wearing headphones, and definitely the radio voice starts to kick in. And Smart. Like, but that's okay. That's what it is. And then yeah. I do, I'll do these what I call half episodes, which I do oh, like great. when I'm in the car. Mm-hmm. And so like when I drove down for the podcast festival uh, the other day, I had my uh iphone going and a, mm-hmm. you know uh actually i use this i used my uh, the zoom microphone the oh, zoom perfect. recorder love that and i just turn on and it, it's a totally different vocal inflection and everything and the funniest thing was because the, the podcast is up right now rick called while i was driving and so i just incorporated him as a guest in the show great hey rick overton from the overview podcast on the phone Rick
9: how's it going yeah uh, did you uh, hear his show with jonathan oh, winters yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah last
9: interview Last interview with Jonathan Winters. Yeah, I thought it was just so great. And also too, not only for the information that you got to glean from him, but just the way that Rick was able to as a colleague pay homage to him and just mm-hmm. say like, Jonathan, you're the man, you're you know, you've influenced so many people and you could still you could almost hear Jonathan Winters shrug, shrugging his shoulders. Yes. Like, yeah, come on, I kid. Uh,
1: yeah. What it, was astounding to me was even as infirm as he was at the time that interview was done was and this was always kind of uh amazed me about comedians cuz mm-hmm. you don't really regard stand-ups by and large as kind of particularly connected to things you know it's it's kind of a lifestyle especially for guys that are on the road a lot that they just don't really feel like they're part of what's going on yeah. in terms of but they have the most phenomenal memories for minutia I've ever seen it's I amazing agree with that too. Um, and John of the winner's to remember you know, being in a radio studio in, you know, 1947, right. and the character he was doing. Right. And, you know, maybe it was, you know, he's done it so many times, he's got those stories, he had those stories just at his beck and call. Right. But just to, to flow with the, the minutiae of the conversation with the station owner and all that stuff. Was just kind of astounding
9: to listen to. Yeah. And then you also see with somebody who's like a, the titan of the industry is so gracious and humble. Mm-hmm. I mean, nice and great. Two of my favorite combinations. Yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. no, absolutely. Yeah, for
1: um, sure. You know, I've been fortunate enough to know a number of people that have been in the business a long, long time. Yeah, and a lot of them are very nice. It's great, mm-hmm. you know. But I think they, I think to some of them, they learn that right as they move on. Right, um, not a bad lesson. Okay. Um. I was going to ask you because because you sure. don't kind of structure your your interview; it's more of this conversation. Uh-huh. I will I will add this, Mark. Uh, sometimes if I know I'm
9: getting together with somebody, I'll like surf their website, or yeah. if they've just done a late night set or something, or you know, so mm-hmm. something that I can um, talk to them about, or, anchor, or some sort of anchor, an anchor if if need be. But I I don't think I've ever had to do that yet. Mm. It's always kind of been like yeah. loose and just like you know we're going back and forth about cheese,
1: right? You know, right?
12: It's, the, those are Those are the most fun.
1: But do you ever find yourself, this happens in my interviews. I never write down questions for my interviews. I just kind of, I've been doing interviews for a long time, way beyond podcasting. I also think, too, there's something about just like, I say this all the time, but
9: your whole life and career has led up to the moment that you're in right now. So you say, oh, I didn't write anything down. I've been doing it for 20 years. So, I mean, there's like that floating catalog of just kind of relaxation and being present and not sweat it as much as, excuse
1: me, But I I was
10: curious. <laughs> question
1: seven. <laughs> have, you, have you ever finished lunch, packed up your stuff, and go, Oh, I wish I'd talked to them about that? Um, that movie they were in, that thing they said, that TMZ video they were
9: caught boy, with their
1: underwear down? That's a
9: good question. I don't, I'm sure that's happened. I'm not recalling a specific mm-hmm. uh, example right now. The thing that I regret the most is when I don't get a picture with the people. I do it all the time. Do I've done it,
1: it a dozen times yeah, here today. Yeah, I don't get the picture with the person. I also, in fact, I'm going to make you do it right now because I it. always forget to do this. Yeah, is yeah. I just want you to say no, your no, name, no, your, no, your no, podcast, no. and you're listening to Suckatash, the there. comedy podcast there. podcast. Hey, I'm Matt Knutson from the Grabbing Lunch podcast, and you're listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. Comedy podcast podcast. Hey,
9: I'm Matt Knudsen from Grabbing Lunch, and you're listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. Perfect. I always forget it. Yeah. You like how I said like podcast? I made. Yeah, There yeah. was two different ways. Oh no, no, to say. no. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's for my audio book trading. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like do you yeah. do a lot
1: of audio book work? No, not oh. really. I've, d- I've done. I've done
9: one. I found I got more voiceover work once I stopped trying to do voiceover oh, than I ever did trying to actively pursue. I think I just got like a little burnt out because oh. in voiceover it's just like gig or. not. Nothing. It's yeah. not like they're bringing you for a callback. It's just like you, and then you just kind of submit and submit and yeah. submit. And you drive all over town. I've been Santa Monica, and like yeah. my agent was in Burbank, oh, and they're like, God. "We need you to come no. in for a partner read for yeah. you know Texas Golden Chicken." I was oh just like. And then even, like, when you do get, like, a gig, it's just good, good news, we're able to get you $270. Oh, no, no. no! Nice. And that's certainly not, you know, poo-pooing, uh, you know, show business money. But he's like, ah, yeah. I drove around for nine months <laughs> for $270. Well, Matt, thank
1: you very much for talking to us. Mark. Uh, I look forward to actually discovering your podcast now that thank I know about much. it. I, uh, I listen to them when I hike in the mornings. I do a four-mile hike every morning. Good for you, So man. that's the time I listen to my podcast. Where's so, your po- uh, Where's your hike? Uh, up above Phoenix Lake in Marin County. Ah, love so, it. Uh, it's great. I listen to my podcast and uh, figure out what I'm going to you know, listen to. Um, I've got an associate producer uh, who um, lives in Seattle, and he cuts a lot of the stuff for me. I'll tell him specifically to go listen to this or that and cut it. I cut a lot myself. Oh, cool. and then, as I said, I also I, I review for uh, both Split Cider and Huffington Post. Oh, fantastic! So will, uh, if you're
9: looking for recommendations, uh, yeah. for,
1: for I would say the Colin Hay
9: episode, okay. which was a surprise to me. I didn't realize he would be joining us. Okay. Uh, do you know Rayo Bruso? I don't. He, he played Little Carmine in the I don't know if you're... Yeah, yeah, it's a big Sopranos. Yeah, so I did a a movie with Ray Bruso and uh, the director, John Asher. And it was a a one-take feature film. It was 98 minutes with no cuts. Wow. And we rehearsed it like a play for like three weeks. And then we just shot it in one afternoon. What was it called? Uh, It's called Somebody Marry Me. Okay. And it was... um, we had like like five different locations. There were street driving, but the VP just kind of followed everyone really? around. Isn't that It was wild? unbelievable. But I guess um, Ray and Colin were good friends, and so like ten minutes before we were supposed to sit down, uh, he sends me a text. Would you mind if my friend Colin Hay came? I was like.
10: Uh,
14: have you, uh, yes, have you here. I don't. Yes, I do not want him there.
9: <laughs> so uh, I guess that the Colin Hay or uh, Mike Burns and Mike Bridenstein were at McDonald's in Eagle in, in Echo Park, okay. Echo, Park oh, yeah. Echo Park, and there was um, a crazy woman who threatened to murder everyone, and she came down and sat at our table for a little bit. cool. Okay. Yeah. So the last ten minutes of episode okay. forty when. Uh, when a woman just lost her mind excellent
10: (laughs) oh great man thanks so
1: much let
9: me shake
10: hands right Right. yeah Yeah. Yeah. maybe 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 shake hands I just talking to somebody else about
1: why why do people in a podcast interview shake hands I don't know it's a TV Uh, convention to begin with right we're shaking hands now yeah yeah come on there's Matt Knutson in a nutshell, about a 20-minute nutshell. Looking forward to dining with him during some future trek to Los Angeles and a longer interview here on Succotash when the chance arises. Catch his show, Grabbing Lunch, at his home site, GrabbingLunch.com, or an iTunes, Stitcher, or most of the other download- lo- blue, downloading and streaming joints that offer you that most delicious ear fruit. Our second birthday durst this episode has our raging moderate friend waxing a little less political and a little bit more Thanksgiving-y.
2: Hey guys, Will Durst here to say you gotta love Thanksgiving. You do, it's the law. And be honest, doesn't a little tryptophan poisoning amongst families sound pretty comforting right about now? Especially with Ebola-covered ISIS members slithering across the Mexican border carrying photos of Kim Kardashian's butt. Besides, this holiday isn't about greasing the wheels of capitalism with the fire hose of consumer debt, like that other one just down the road apiece. This one is about gluttony, pure and simple. So allow me to express my gratitude for the fourth Thursday in November, it being one of the little things that makes life worth living. Right up until Uncle Bud finally remembers what Grandpa said last year and all hell breaks loose. Nevertheless, here's a few more examples of what causes a middle-aged, ground headed political comic to get down on his knees and thank the maker. Barack Obama. His upcoming third year of the second term promises much bigger knock-down, drag-out fights with the Republicans, not to mention the Democrats. Chris Christie, for so generously providing we comedians with such a target-rich environment, including his Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade balloon float, which is the only one that is actual size. For Hillary Clinton, who since 1992 just keeps on keeping on, like the Energizer Bunny. Ted Cruz, for being crazier than Norman Bates after a quick dip in a psilocybin bath riddled with corn fungus. The newly elected 114th Congress. If you like the 113th Congress, you're going to love these guys. Gridlock with poisonous talons at the end of tentacles. Black Friday creep for providing the requisite distraction we gluttons need to cop extra portions of turkey and pie. For the 22nd Amendment, which for 67 years has kept the American people from making the same mistake more than twice. For whoever is marrying Charles Manson, just because. For the state of Florida, just because. For Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst. Will Durst can be found at his
1: home site, com, as well as lurking at Will Durst on Twitter. Well, that's almost it for Epi 99 of Suckatash. As promised, we're going to go out on an uninterrupted version of associate producer Tyson Sainer's instrumental for Christmas, And I'll remind you that it's off of Combat Radio's Christmas album, benefiting their fourth annual Christmas event for homeless children. To help out, wander over to Show.com, click on the album cover on the right-hand side of their home site, our home site, and you'll be whisked away to help out a very good cause. Join us next time for Epi 100, the last show of Season 1. Until then, thanks for passing the succotash.
0: Listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and. Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at suckatashhow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Succotash Show. Email us at marc at Show.com. Or call into the Succotash Hotline at our non-toll free call number... 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. Suck-a-tash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Suggatash. Goodbye.